Hello there. So Shazam Hearing the Gods is, of course, out and been out for nearly a couple of weeks now. And I did a non-spoiler review on it last week, the day after I seen it last Tuesday. It was I seen it last Monday. I did this non-spoiler review last Tuesday. Now I'm going to get. I've now got around to doing my spoiler talk. So. Uh, I'm going to talk more in, uh, obviously, in more depth about things I couldn't talk about in the non-spoiler review. Of course, Warner Brothers don't care about that with our marketing, but that's a whole other story. And, you know, but we'll go into some spoilers and things like that. So if you haven't seen the film, uh, then, of course, this, this is full spoiler warning here. Or if you don't care and if you want to listen along here, you're very welcome to do so, but as long as you know. So I'm not going to go blow for blow everything that happens because, obviously, I can't fucking remember and be here all day. But, you know, um, starts off, you've got, like, um, Helen Mirren and Lucy Liu's character as um, Herrera and uh, Calypso, I think they were called. They steal this, the staff, you know, from the first film that was broken and... Um, chucked away by Shaz- uh, Billy Bats and Shazam in the first film and uh, you know little scene when they attack in the museum nice scene nice way to kick things off good little action scene speaking of which there's actually a good little action scene as well with the where the the kids become their hero or go there's a, like an earthquake I think it was in Philadelphia this was a fun little thing and you know this was a good thing because this is one of the things you used to get in the like the Superman films as well the Christopher Reeve ones when you would go, there would be an early scene when you go out and saving people like early in the film, which has nothing to do with them fighting the main villain. They would always do something like that. So this kind of felt like a throwback or a nod or a homage to that because they're not fighting a main villain; they're just saving people. And there's the comedic edge to it as well because you know they're talking about the uh, the bridge coming down. <laughs> they want to save the bridge, but the bridge actually just collapses at the end. It's good, but they save people, knowing it's hurt, and you know. It was kind of like the Thor Love and that did remind me of Thor Love and Thunder, you know, where it's like, another classic hurrah, the Thor adventure, hurrah, and then the thing collapses behind them, did remind me a bit of that, I'm a Thor Love and Thunder fan by the way, so, you know, I appreciate that, but um, that's, uh, I said, that is coincidence, because this film will be well into production when, before that even came out, so, you know, <laughs> it just reminded me of that, so, um, yeah, uh, the, the fun little thing I mentioned in the non-spoiler review how um, I think it's her name's Megan B. Good, who plays the grown-up version of Darla. So she, I, I mentioned that she plays it so well, and I mentioned that in the first film as well. There's a moment when she's like, there and during the finale when she like talks to the guy playing Santa Claus, tell her, "Oh, I'd be really good this year, Santa." Santa's like, "What? <laughs> Why is this grown woman telling me that?" <laughs> Type thing. So uh, yeah, she does actually play like the youngest one really well. She comes across at that. So I um, just thought I'd shout it because she like saves this thing with kittens, and then of course when they they come back to their normal selves, their their regular selves, she takes one of the kittens with her into the house. So yeah, that was nice, and you know that was well done, and everything. Uh, of course, as well, you've got. Um, uh, the other sister of Atlas who wasn't in the opening scene uh, of course that was would be Anthea or as she's introduced as Anne when she meets Freddie and you know this was these scenes were nice these were quite charming actually develop you could sort of see the bond the, the instant bond they already have and you know it was good conflicting Anthea as well because you knew she, what was going to come later on down the line and so these scenes were really good they actually uh, did that did that well? They they did really. There was there's a lot of charm there and things, and you know it worked as well. Uh, it worked really well, of course. 
later on you get the thing that you've got the bench trying to impress her. So you, this was a great little moment when he's trying to impress her. He's going to do, turn into his big Shazam uh, uh, hero, and when he's got the, when he's got the phone, and she's like, "Yeah." I want you to meet the hot one, and then <laughs> and feels uh, and just like oh yeah that one pointing at the <laughs> pointing at Mary. <laughs> it was a funny moment, but you know, Rachel's like well, has confirmed now that that the intention is that and Thea um, and and is bisexual with that. So that was a nice little nod to get that, and it was a funny moment because it was it's true. I mean, she is the hot one, <laughs> let's be honest. But you know, it was a funny moment, but also a nice moment. She's, you know, it was nice to get. She, she, I, I don't know if she came up with the idea herself with that to do that, or if, but um, I think she might have done because she is an advocate for that. So it's very possible she actually did come up with the idea for that herself, and that was her, her way of getting the representation in there. She did it in a funny and entertaining way as well. So not. So that was really nice. So that's, that's really nice. She's confirmed that as well. So that's awesome. Another another great thing for Rachel there. Um, then you've got uh, there's some other scenes. Speaking of uh, Mary, there was a great scene. They've got their little Shazam cave and things like that. She's been a bit old. She older. She, she's the oldest one now, and she's actually the same person now, played by the same actors now when she's Shazam and when she's a normal self. So it's. Uh, uh, which is interesting, actually. Come to think of it, see when the something. This is just dawned on me. See when the the parent, the foster parents are watching them on the TV. How come they don't recognise Mary? That's, what, um, uh, that's just dawned on me now. Actually, <laughs> there you go. Because um, there were there's a scene when they're watching, saying, "Oh, those heroes, they're 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 dumb and they're, uh, what, what idiots they are." And then how come they don't recognise Mary? <laughs> I don't know. There you go. Whatever. It's only just occurred to me that. <laughs> just thinking out loud about that. But oh well, never mind. Whatever it is, what it is. Hey, look, it's a it's a fun film, so it doesn't really matter. But um, yeah, this was a good little scene within the cave, and she's got her, her shades on, and she's like, um, uh, and then. She's saying, she's saying, oh yeah, I was at the eye doctor last night. I was like, no, she's quite clearly hung over. <laughs> and of course, Darla's again like, oh, whatever. how come you're at the eye doctor at that time of night or something like that? I can't remember what it was, but uh, this was fun. Apparently, uh, David F. Sambers confirmed that it is actually a deleted scene of her being out with that. So that's cool. Speaking of which, it was, uh, it's Grace Caroline Curry who plays uh, Mary. Uh, she does it really well. She's great. She's excellent. Um, uh, so it'd be good to. There's a lot of people now wanting a Mary Marvel spin-off show, and that uh, there's a lot of call for that. And you know what, with HBO Max and everything like that, you could do something like that quite easily. I know with the film, you're not going to continue the film or anything like that, but series because you know box office and reboots and everything like that. But you could easily do something like that, you know, or, or do other spin-offs around about. I mean, you could do that. It does, and you don't need to fling a ton of money at it, and it could do reasonably well. Um, so, you know, but this was a fun little scene as well. This was great. Uh, of course, there's a, nice, a great thing when the... There, this was, there's some little Harry, Harry Potter-esque moments as well. They find this pen that's called, they call Steve, that can write out, yeah, can dictate and write out to them. And that, that pays off quite funnily, very funnily later on in the film, but we'll get to that. Um, there's a great moment as well. Where, and then they see about the uh, Daughters of Atlas, and then... Billy kind of clicks that 
and it, it sees the little drawings of them that and it means Anthea, it's short for Anthea, and and then uh, and then because you know she's when she, she's talking to the uh, the grown up, I can't remember what he calls himself, you know, but the grown up, he's played by Adam Brody anyway, the the hero version of Freddy, and then. She's like, oh, look, I don't want him to get hurt because we know what's coming. And then the other daughters of Atlas come in and take the powers off him. So he's back and then she has to do her spinny thing. <laughs> so, yeah, it's the bit between the trailer when, you know, when she has to put her hands up and she can spin the, the Earth's axis with it's her powers and things like that. Uh, this is one thing I've got to say. You know, during all the market and Rachel never, well, the the two main cinema trailers anyway, uh, Rachel Zegel never got to say a word in them, never they had a line of dialogue in any of them. However, one thing I always notice, see when she's putting her hands up to put their to your powers, I always thought she looks really reluctant here. And lo and behold, now when you see it in the context of the film, she was reluctant. So there you go. Didn't say a word in the marketing, but one facial expression that lasts a few seconds on screen, and boom, she's conveyed it. So that just shows her talent right there. So this could turn into a Rachel Zegler gushing session as well. It's another reason why I wanted to do the spoiler talk. So bear with me with that. I'm sorry about that, but you know, but you know, she she's worth it. You know, <laughs> and uh, so you know, she. she and then there's scenes she's like chucking the buildings at Shazam and things like that. And then a big dome gets put over them and, you know, Freddy gets taken away with the, with the other daughters as well. Um, this was a, the, one of the great scenes though as well. You've got, so I mean, they send a letter, they dictate the letter to Steve, but the other thing is, everything he says gets written down. So when they receive the letter, Helen Nunnan's reading the letter out. And it's like every thought he's having in in the letter. This it's hard to explain, but once you see it, it's actually really damn funny, isn't <laughs> it? Caused the classic little really little reaction with that gift that's going about with Rachel as well. <laughs> and, uh, it was really good. So I love that scene. That was awesome. Um, and then there's another little fight scene as well, which was cool. And there's plenty of action in this as well. That was one thing. When I done my trailer thoughts on the second uh, trailer, I've kind of thought a lot of this film was going to be like um, a lot of that trailer was the whole second uh, final act or the, uh, maybe the second half of the film had been dumped in that trailer because it kind of looked like the way it was cut that all this was happening in the same time but it actually wasn't it was well spaced and everything like that there's plenty of action plenty of laughs so that was really well done. I really so that was really pleasant. So I was worried that maybe the first half would be slow, but no, it kicks off great, kicks off right away. So no qualms about that whatsoever. Um, and of course, um, you've got uh, Anthea helps um, another wizard as well. Um, can't remember the character's name, but uh, and I can't, uh, uh, Jimon Houghton. Sorry if I mispronounced his name. Fantastic actor, absolute legend. So of course he's in it. he's captured by them as well, so um, Anthea helps them escape, basically confirming that she is a good one as well. And because the other sisters, especially uh, Calypso, want to like basically wipe out the humanity, that they, they get this thing. It's an apple. So Rachel Zegler again has a thing with apples. <laughs> it's like it's like I mean, think about it now. There's this apple here. There's Snow White. 
that animated film, I think it's called Spellbound, is going to be on Apple TV. It's like, at this rate, you know, <laughs> when she's in the Hunger Games, she's, during the game, she's going to chuck an apple at somebody. It's got, there's, it's got to be, a, there's got to be, a, the Rachel with an apple is now the new, I've got a bad feeling about this with Star Wars. But <laughs> there you go. It is what it is. It's a fun little fact. But um, I can't quite remember what the apple thing does. It's the key to... Uh, Thing because they're a bit when they plant it later on or something, and then the big tree grows. There's certain things I've forgotten about because I've only watched it once, and it was last Monday that I seen it. But you know, it was something like that, something like that. You know, it was a key. That's it. That's, that's the thing. And you know, and speaking of keys, we they were always calling uh, Rachel Miss Key Roll as well, and she was actually because if she didn't help help them out, then they wouldn't have. Been able to overcome the odds, so she she was. They were. I was starting to wonder actually when she when she was hardly in in the first two trailers. I was like, is she hardly in this film? And is this Miss Key Roll thing a little joke because she's hardly in it or something? But an in joke or something. But I was like, no, she actually was. I was like, ah, oh, thank God, because she's in it quite a lot, like quite a lot, like pretty much most of the way through. So that was good. That was great to see her get so much screen time and things, and. Again, sorry, packing on about Rachel again, sorry about that. And we, we go on uh, the, uh, what was the next thing I was going to talk about? I've just lost my train of thought here. You can just tell I'm, com- I'm a complete unprofessional because I don't write anything down and I just go and I just spout off the top of my head. So there you go. If you've made it this far, thanks. Anyway, uh, yeah, we come now nearer to the finale and things because, you know, uh, there was a scene as well when the, 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 uh, the the heroes they like they go into the the foster parents home and that their home gets smashed and things because like the dragon comes through and things like that and it kicks off like the the finale and you know they reveal who they are and things with that as well there's another moment when the other boy I can't remember the character's name uh, reveals that he's gay and then everyone's just like yeah all right that's fair enough I mean, again that was handled really well as well and that was just it was just like hey cool we know it's like hey we know let's move on it was just yeah it was there and you know you get the representation but it was done in a natural way and and the reaction of everyone was all nice and natural so well done they actually did it a really good really good job there really good job with that um come now of course to a, this was one of the really surprising things though as well because there's a bit with the the daughters and things about this and then Helen's starting to get conflicted because they want to I think the thing is they want to regrow their world and things like that so and and Thea's like yeah we don't need to hurt the humans and things like that we can just we've got what we wanted now let's go but Lucy Lou's like no I want to kill them all <laughs> even Helen Mern starts getting conflicted there but this was a bit that really surprised me the dragon then just like stabs her right and then i was like oh shit that was a surprise i wasn't seeing that coming and but then again if you see in the most of the market it is lucy Liu's character calypso riding the dragon all the time and squaring off to shazam in the second trailer so you know that's not it shouldn't be too surprising there so you know that was uh of course she hasn't actually dead yet like shazam helps her but later on but yeah, then, then what happens? Uh, she, Lucy Lou starts, the, the, and Thea like tells the, the family and Freddie and that that she wants, she's willing to lay her life and things on the line to help them out. Uh, and then 
So that's about when she reveals to Freddie she's 6,000 years old. <clears throat> and then they kiss, and then the dad's like, oh, that's a bit inappropriate. <laughs> that was, uh, they had some good lines. Like, they were really good. Nice little emotional scene as well when she when the mother, again, I can't remember their character's names, but she like asked, um, she's um, to see Billy as, as her Billy as well before that. But then when she's, that was a really lovely moment. And of course, there was this little subplot because he's going to be turning eight, he's turned 18, so he might get kicked out of the foster system. There's no obligation to keep him anything there. But they're like, no, you're, you're going to stay. We want you. So that was a nice little, that was some sweet nature and things. And then again, the dad says something when they do the Shazam thing, he's like, ah, oh, so that's when the house gets, always get hit by lightning. <laughs> he, was, he was really good. It was funny. So we have this big, yeah, all the big action scene, you get all the great Harry Harrison style monsters, which I love. They they were cool. Love that. I always into something like that. You've got as well the moment when when uh, Lucy Lou's character and about Anthea and Calypso are fighting each other as well, and uh, you know, but uh, Rachel gets her powers taken off her, but. Yeah, yeah, so that was the moment when she gets like shot through the window. You can see in the in the trailer. You sort of wonder, oh, is she fighting? Could she be fighting the other people? The other guys know she was fighting her sister. That's why she was being a hero. So there you go. Uh, but her powers are off her at this point, and that leads to the moment when she's um, she's kind of wondering about the dragon comes in, but she actually faces off against the dragon, even though she's not gonna. She's not got her powers. She's like doing it to lay her life and only showing herself as a true hero, as well with that. Uh, and then Freddie also comes in to help her. And that was that shot in the trailer as well. This was a great scene actually. This was so well done. This was really exciting. And Shazam comes in and helps them. Um, you know, and then we get to the the point where near the end, there's the big fight off, face off, and they're trying to raise the dome and things like that. Helen Mirren's helping them, uh, and you know, Shazam. Kills the dragon, but sacrifices himself. The, the way it was shot, actually, it did look a lot like the Superman uh, Doomsday moment from Batman v Superman. So really cool, and a lot of emotion as well after that because it looks like Billy's died. Yeah. Here's the problem, and here, the only thing, and this is not a fault of the film. Here's where the marketing problem kicks in. The moment is undercut because you you get to, if you know Wonder Woman's going to be in this because they've spoiled that, so. At the, once this moment happens, you're sort of like, you're, the motion's there, and then you think, oh, wait a minute, Wonder Woman hasn't showed up yet. So, you know, uh, she's obviously going to come and bring him back to life. And lo and behold, that's exactly what fucking happened. See, there you go. And, you know, I didn't watch the Wonder Woman clip or anything like that beforehand. I knew of it, but I didn't watch it. I don't know how much they, they showed, but I know, actually, if you look in the thumbnail, you can also see that Anthea's in the background there, and you're you're like, oh, right. So if you'd have seen that, I didn't actually realise this before I'd seen the film, but if you actually seen that before you see the film, you'll know that she actually does join with them. So that spoils that as well. So they've, they've spoiled literally everything, and, and it did no good, because there was you were either if you were going to show that Gal Gadot was in this film, you either should have done it right when the second trailer came out, because doing it a few a week or so before the film comes out, it's, it was desperation and people could see through that. And it's not the film's fault because Warner Brothers have fucked everything up royally here. It's their fault with this. Uh, and you know another thing to say here is oh by the way Gal Gadot, Rachel Zegler, and an apple in a film again, just like Snow White. It's all connected, you know, it all, it all connects. And uh, Rachel's became a thing with apples. It's like the six degrees of Kevin Bacon thing. It's, it's happening again. So there you go. That is what it is. Anyway, 
we come now to there was one other bit I forgot to mention there. I'm just going to come back to. I can't believe I forgot to mention this. There's a bit when they can they find unicorns and things. It's like Darla uses skittles to get unicorns <laughs> to charm unicorns, and then they're riding them and fighting the monsters, and they kill some of the, the monsters, and then Darla shouts, "Chase the rainbow, mother!" And then it cuts right off. That bit was funny as fuck. You're not cutting me off as well from saying that. I'm going to say it was funny as fuck. That moment. So that was great. I know people will say, oh, product placement. It's like, yeah, I know, but it was fun, so whatever. You can't complain. So anyway, speaking of which, we get to the end where, you know, it's like the funeral scene again. This would have been really emotional if we didn't know, couldn't guess what was going to happen next. And it's, again, it's so well acted. It's really well made. But again, the problem is you know what's any sort of oh god no he's gone type thing which would have been there if they hadn't spoiled this in the fucking market and was undercut so not again not the filmmakers or the actors fault here fuck you warner brothers you've sent this film under the bus and it's a damn shame you've got like of course wonder woman shows up get the classic song the classic watching that is by the way uh, brings Shazam back to life, gives Anthea her powers back, and you know, there you go. And nice, so you know, it was cool seeing her as well. It was great, but would it be a wonderful surprise? It would have topped things off even more. Seems good, really like it. Would have been even better if I didn't know what was happening. But they've got they've had a habit of doing this, like when they showed the moment Wonder Woman, the way Wonder Woman shows up in Batman vs Superman, when she blocks Doomsday's shot at Batman. They showed that in the fucking trailer for Batman vs Superman. So again, it's an awesome moment, but it would have been even more awesome if the first time you see it, you didn't know what was coming. <sighs> Warner Brothers, you'll never learn. <laughs> anyway, I digress. But. And speaking of which, uh, then there's also, you know, uh, the wizard shows up, tells him his name's Shazam, and that all the families and all that's together, and things like that. Oh, there's another moment where, it, you know, there's a thing that Billy's wanting to get with Wonder Woman, and Dad's like, what's it where, get, where boys and one older woman? It's like, fair point, mate, fair point. But, um, yeah, there you go. And then we come now to the post uh, mid credit scene, you got Shazam's out in the woods somewhere, and you know uh, Harcourt and the other guy from Peacemaker come. Uh, they say they want to recruit him for the Justice Society, and he's like, "Yeah, the Justice League." And they're like, "No, Justice Society." And it's like, "Yeah, is that the one Wonder Woman's in?" And they're like, "No." <laughs> you go, "We'll get, we'll get to the other post-credit scenes in a minute. I'll speak about something else here, which is the bigger picture here." Uh, and of course, the last one is you know Mark Strong's uh, the Doctor, whatever his name was from the first films, in the jail, and then that wee bookworm guy comes out, which was the post -credit, mid credit scene of the first film, basically as if they're trying to set something up that never paid off last time, and they're doing it again. So it was, I think it was a little joke towards that, which was funny. I liked that. It. it was good to see Mark Strong again. Always good to see Mark Strong. He's awesome. So the other thing is, there's also been this whole feud almost now between The Rock and uh, Zachary Levi because you know Zachary Levi was saying about how he, want, he wanted to cameo in Black Adam Rock nixed it and then which of course Shazam and Black Adam are each other's nemesis so you know it would make sense but Rock was wanting to restructure the entire DCEU around him and Henry Cavill now it was great that Rock got Henry Cavill in for that 
uh, that mid-credit scene in Black Adam. Another thing they spoiled, Warner spoiled in marketing, by the way, weeks before Black Adam came out. <laughs> you see a theme developing here, don't you? And, you know, it's one of those things, you like Rock, apparently Rock and Rock Next, Justice Society members, showing up in the Shazam credit scene, and it's like, yeah, he maybe gave too much power to him, and it's like, you know, I'm a massive fan of The Rock, ever since his WWF days, WWF as it was called at the time as well. He's, he's fantastic, The Rock's amazing, but, you know, this is one of these occasions he's maybe went too far and needs to know his role. And the other thing is, the internet is always looking for a punching bag and everyone's always talking shit now about Zachary Levi. And he's been saying some stuff, and he said some stuff about the Snyder fans and things. Look, what I would say is... I get it, maybe he is talking out too much. He did this Instagram thing as well when he was talking about the how he wanted Henry Cavill in the first Shazam film and things. And people are talking about him and giving him a hard time. I know the other thing, not to get personal or anything, but you know, a couple of months ago, yeah, I heard he said it on his Twitter as well that his dad had passed away of cancer. So he's he must be still in the grieving process and you know he's had to do a worldwide press tour and things which would be stressful at the best of times take a lot out of you at the best of times but well grieving as well you know he's always came across as a good guy Zachary Levi he's very likeable on screen so the internet is always looking for a new punching bag and maybe that's so maybe maybe just cutting some slag for now you know it's not like he's always been acting out like this so I don't think it's a coincidence, so, you know, maybe cut him some slack, but anyway, anyway, that's just my little thought there on that there, uh, so, you know, DC, it's, it's a complete mess, I mean, this film deserves so much better, and people saying, oh, look at it bombing and all that, there's, there's people who are taking great glee in this bombing who have no intention of watching it, they're like, oh, if you, if you see any sort of tweet that talks about the money it's made or the money it's not making, You'll see people commenting, yeah, no one cares. It's like, well, yeah, you do, because you went into the the comment section to say that. And that's what, you know, sorry, I know, okay, I know I keep banging on about Rachel and that, oh, but uh, that's what, when she said, when she, the opening weekend, when she sent that tweet saying some people are being senselessly mean, she was not attacking the audience or attacking the fans. She actually was bigging up the audience and the audience scoring. And she said in other tweets that they made it for the fans and they made it for the audience. But she was talking about people just going after it, just taking great glee and hoping it fails for no reason. They were just wanting it to fail. And then that's what she meant. That's what she, she wasn't attacking the audience or anything like that. Some people will try and spin it like that. But I know there was some idiot called Mr. H Reviews and he, was, he had a clickbait title saying David F. Sandberg was attacking fans when last week when David F. Samberg was actually just saying, look, I'm stepping away from this and he acknowledged the whole the whole um it was his highest Rotten Tomatoes score. And so he was this Mr. H is a fucking idiot. I've had the misfortune of seeing some of his videos. The clickbait worked because I seen the clickbait title when he said director and cast attack fans. I was like, okay, I'm gonna have a look at this. I shouldn't, but I'm gonna have a look at this. And he was talking utter pish. This guy, the H must stand for horseshit, because this is what this guy was talking. He's one of these idiots that calls everything woke as well. And it's just, you couldn't make this shit up. Anyway, anyway, that's my point. And then other people are now trying to spin the whole thing. It's like, look at that, Rachel's egg was two films and bomb. It's just like, 
Again, I know I'm going on about Rachel, sorry. But, you know, at the end of the day, how can you blame somebody who's for bombing when, for the film Bowman when in the two tra- main cinema trailers she doesn't even talk she's on the screen for just a few seconds you wouldn't know she was in the film as much as it was from the marketing so you know blaming her for that it's like ah okay whatever really pulling hopefully the songbirds and snakes the hunger games prequel does really well a poster came out the other day so it comes out in november really hoping that does really well because you know rachel's an absolute star just uh she's got everything and she's a wonderful talent and of course, and of course, West Side Story deserved better as well. But you know, a lot of films weren't doing well in that time. And of course, it came out the week before Spider Man. If Spider Man was the film that got people back to the cinemas that don't go often, and as well, uh, so but coming out then, you know, it's as what it is. I get the feeling as well. What's going to happen with this is what happened with each, uh, West Side Story as well. Is that? People didn't see it in the cinema, and then a few few months later, once it's on streaming, you'll see a lot more people saying, hey, you know what, I just watched this, and uh, it was actually really good, way better than I was expecting it to be. I think the same thing's going to happen with Shazam. I think the people that were on the fence about this film were kind of like, eh, I like the first film, and yeah, it looks okay, but eh, you know what, what's the point? It's getting rebooted, which is a shame because not everything should need to connect, you know? Sometimes you can just have a fun two hours in the cinema, and this is exactly what this film is. And I seen it in IMAX as well, which was really great. It was a great experience. It was really was well suited to IMAX. So, you know, it's a damn shame, but what can you do? Anyway, I've rattled on for quite some time there, so this has been quite a long one. So if you have made it this far, thank you so much for taking the time to listen. Um, there'll be other shorter review, <laughs> reviews coming up this week there'll be a review of uh, well this week's Mandalorian episode, I haven't seen it yet but I'll watch it today so that'll be some point this week I haven't seen John Wick 4 this week it might be Friday, it's a tomorrow or Friday by the time I see it, I'm hoping to see it by the end of the week but once I see it I'll review it plus on the news there'll be actually be a, a rare wrestling one now as well because i don't watch wrestling anymore but we've got uh some really good news about stacy keebler going in the hall of fame so i'll do a, a little recording on that because yeah stacy's an old favorite so they're not old not just you know a favorite and so happy for her to get in the hall of fame so whew, that one that one was exhausting so oh, i think i'm gonna go and take a nap now after that. but anyway thanks for listening and goodbye